Hey everyone, before we get into the stories, I need to give a warning for the third story for sexual assault. It's a really dark story, so you've all been warned in case you want to skip it. I'll have the story labeled in the timestamps just in case. And as always, you can send any story you have to southerncannibal.com. Without any more further interruptions, let's get started. And remember, to always stay hungry. A year ago, I was getting ready to get married out of state. Since we didn't feel like dealing with the county clerk for a marriage license out of state, we decided to get married illegally in our hometown. My friend who was supposed to marry us actually committed suicide the week before the legal ceremony. So at last minute, I had asked my friend to marry us and only invited parents. My maid of honor had married us in a park. My other bridesmaid was livid that she wasn't invited. So the day of my legal ceremony, she decided to come to our apartment and destroy the front. She tore apart decorations and had even cut up the wedding jewelry that she was holding for me, throwing it everywhere. She cut up one of my dresses and her bridesmaid dress. Now, the ceremony was 10 minutes, and she was set to be in the big wedding the following week. Things went quiet for a few weeks, until after we got home from celebrating our wedding. She had emailed my mom. Mind you, I'm in my 30s, so that's weird. In the email, she said a lot of heinous things about myself and my husband. Not only did she reach out to my mom, she made three TikTok profiles to stalk me made a video about me and reached out to my sister spewing lies, as well as texted several of my friends screenshots of the email and threatening to mess with my car, also mentioning that she had an agenda against me. She also messaged my husband's best friend's wife to try and ruin our friendship and their relationship. She also tried to ruin my best friend's family, even after telling her she has nothing against her and wanted her to be happy. She texted my best friend's husband to spew more lies, my friend has five kids, so it's really gross trying to ruin an entire family. Sixteen relationships she tried to break up. And if we're counting kids, it was a total of seven kids whose family she tried to break up. The scariest part about this story is that this woman is a doctor, a full-blown physician in her mid to late 30s. This girl had told me that I deserved a struggle after my friend died and that I could rot in hell. She wrote me false Google reviews, which thankfully I was able to bury. I ended up getting a restraining order because of the destruction of property and the stalking and harassment. But because this girl didn't want to ruin her career as a doctor, she ended up signing a consent order of protection for six months. Although I could have taken her to trial and likely won a full order protection. I decided to drop it. She agreed to pay for the tree she ruined. So weeks later, I received a check in the mail, and the memo line said closure, and it had a big smiley face that she drew like a five-year-old. What she fails to realize is had I not been kind and dropped the order, she would not be a doctor anymore. I've never dealt with such insanity in my life, aside from the time that she verbally assaulted someone to the point that they chased us with their car and nearly got us killed. She actually listens to your channel. So, hey girly pop. I hope you have learned to stop being so hateful when you don't get what you want. She's left me alone for the time being, 
but I won't hesitate to go straight back to the courts and refile if she decides to go insane again. Stay safe out there. Some friends really aren't true friends. So the story really starts when I was four years old, but I'm currently a 22-year-old female. I moved to a new neighborhood with my parents and brother. I was playing in the neighborhood when I'd met a girl who we'll call Allie. Allie was my exact same age to the day. Since we shared a birthday, we pretty much instantly connected. I would go over to her house all the time and even went on vacations with her and her family. The weird stuff had started happening at that time when her parents made me pay for things like going out to dinner in a hotel room if we stayed somewhere. And this happened often. And you have to remember, I was a young kid then. I didn't pay much attention to it at that age, but my parents did since they were the ones paying for everything. At about age 12, her mom started doing some sketchy things that I still don't really know about but my parents just told me I was no longer allowed to hang out with Allie. Many years went by, and we reconnected at age 16, but at the time it didn't really stick, and we lost touch yet again. Right before the pandemic when we were about 19 is when we met up once again, and we started doing things like meeting up with her sketchy guy friends to smoke and drink and crash on their couches. One day she admitted to me that she had madly fallen in love with one of the guys who we'll call Jack. Jack showed no interest in her, and even told me and the others that he already had a crush on someone else. Allie's solution to this? Cast a love spell on Jack. Because I practiced Wicca, I advised her against it. Whether or not you believe it, it's just not right. But she drove us to the store to buy all of the supplies and quickly we ran into the woods with the supplies in tow. We put together a heart-shaped jar filled with herbs and crystals like rose quartz and rose petals, and then sealed it with wax. I don't know how, but Jack found out what Allie and I had done, and was reasonably very creeped out. I told him that I advised her against it, but admitted that I had participated, and that I was sorry for that. But Allie? She denied everything and blamed it on me. I know how silly this probably all seems, and we all knew at the time as well, but it's the intention behind it. Well, me and the guys ended up excluding her from everything from then on, but her crazy side that she must have gotten from her mother started coming out when she started spreading rumors about everyone in the group to everyone that we all knew. We only found out whenever we would get calls about things, like us cheating on the people we were dating at the time, and just really dumb things like that. One of us actually lost our jobs due to her, so we decided enough was enough. We went over to her house to speak to her, but she wasn't home. Her mom came out and started cursing at us because we were making her daughter's life a living hell. So we had told her mom about all the drugs that Allie had been on, and even that she had started robbing houses. But her mom only called the cops on us. Later on, Allie had tried to reconcile with me by inviting me out to her car that was parked outside my house. I got in, and instead of talking, she then locked the doors and started speeding away. She started crying and yelling at me and driving out of control. She was spewing curse words at me and telling me that I was a little bitch and traitor and that I was so damn selfish. I just kept a straight face and I told her to let me out. She wouldn't. I told her over and over again, but she never did. 
I ended up calling my mom and I put her on speaker to talk to Allie. She then told Allie that she was going to call the cops if she didn't take me home. I hung up the phone and while turning around towards my house, she continued to scream things like, What the fuck was that? You're going to be a little snitch and call your mom? What was that? What the fuck was that? But eventually, I did get home safe. Allie then tried to kill me. I was driving to the store, and when I got there, I had went to put on my mask, and I had noticed a very weird chemical smell. I started getting dizzy, and I felt so out of it. So I took off the mask, and I called my mom. I then noticed that my leather seat had a hole burned into it, and my sunroof had been broken into. Luckily, from that day on, I never really did hear about Allie again, and all the other boys eventually stopped talking to me when I went off to college. So, yeah, that's a short summary of just some things my crazy ex-best friend did to me. I was a naive child without knowing I was. My parents taught me to be weary of strangers, never reveal personal information, They prepared me for recognizing danger, but the danger I faced in this story just wasn't what I was expecting, and the story isn't anyone's fault except the monsters that I'm about to tell you about. When I was a teenager entering high school, I made friends with one of the girls in my year group, and at first I thought we meshed together quite well. I'll call her Val. Other people told me that she was bad news, but I didn't listen, because like I said, I was naive. She was very loud compared to me, and she could be a little rough, but she didn't seem to mind my quietness and more reserved nature, at least at first. She was also kinder to me when we first met, and she went out of her way to earn my trust. I remember we became best friends super fast, and I stopped putting in so much effort with my other friendships because she just really sucked me in. I didn't realize it, but she went out of her way to create distance between me and my other friends and try to turn me against them. I also noticed she would tell me lies, but the lies were so ridiculous that I naively thought she just wanted to impress me. This incident takes place when we had been friends for about a year. I'd stayed overnight at her house before, and she'd stayed at mine too. On this night, we were sleeping in the living room which my parents allowed because the walls in our house weren't thin and they were fine with it. I'd asked if we could sleep there because I didn't want to be in my room with Val. Leading up to this, we had had drama between us. She'd done some things that made me feel uncomfortable, and she started to be mean and cold towards me at times. She'd been groping me, then playing it off as a joke, and then laughing at me when I told her not to. She would also sometimes hit or kick me, but in a way where it felt pointless to tell anyone. She didn't leave bruises where anyone could see, and she told me it was just a joke and that I needed to stop being so uptight. Looking back, I think I was an idiot, and it's really hard not to see myself that way, especially because I would never tolerate this shit now. Anyway, I wasn't expecting anything worse to happen, and I was naive, so I stayed friends with her. She would guilt trip me sometimes, threatening to injure herself or end her life if I ever left her, and she even sent me photos of her injured arms when we had an argument once. It was through an old messaging app which probably doesn't even exist anymore. 
I can't remember every detail leading up to this, but I recall that I was laying on my back on the floor. I had my bed set up, which was two blankets and two pillows, and Val was on the longest sofa in front of me. It was just past midnight, I think, or maybe later in the evening. I remember that she said something rude to me, and I called her out, but I can't remember it anymore since what she said next shocked me so much that it's all I took away from the interaction. She told me, when you fall asleep, I'm going to put my fingers up you. Again, I genuinely cannot remember what led up to all this. All I remember is that threat because it shook me. I remember feeling frozen, like my heart was no longer beating, and I felt extremely vulnerable. Despite being on my back, she was far enough from me that if I looked downwards, I could see her face. She was on her phone and the glow illuminated it, and I remember she looked shocked at herself for saying it. I didn't say a word, because honestly, like, what do you even say to that? I didn't realize it at the time, but she literally threatened to rape me. I don't know if other people would think this is a big deal, or if it's a weird trauma thing making me think that way, but this interaction really freaked me out. I was scared to fall asleep, and I remember thinking, I want her to go home, but I knew that she had to stay because I didn't feel I could tell anyone what she said to me. I was so scared, but still, I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. I remember she put her phone down and she said she was going to sleep. I lay where I was for about an hour until I was sure she was asleep. Then I crept out and into my bedroom. I then put on outdoor clothes. I'm talking jeans and a t-shirt and a hoodie, and then I curled up in a ball in my bed. My bedroom was near my parents, and I put on jeans because I was genuinely terrified she would do something to me in my sleep. I managed to sleep a little, but it wasn't a sound one. I remember the next morning my parents wondered why I was dressed so early, but I just told them that I'd gotten up early, and they didn't think anything of it. I remember that Val asked me why I'd left the living room that night and I asked her how she knew. She claimed she'd gotten up for the toilet and noticed I wasn't there. I still felt uneasy, but I didn't attempt to address what she'd said because I just didn't know what to say or do. Time passed and she continued to do very toxic things, being mean to me, being violent, and she just continued to grope me. I know people will probably think I'm an idiot for not telling anyone or putting a stop to it, but since we were both females, I didn't know what to do. I had never been through that before. If a boy had done this, I feel like I would have understood it was wrong. But because she was my age and another girl, I just didn't know what to do. She also knew what to say to manipulate me. And all this happened over the span of a long time. It escalated slowly. And as I said, she knew just what to say. And she was normal towards me sometimes. She wasn't always horrible. The next part was the beginning of the end for me. I was at her house and we were sitting on her bed. I can't remember what she was doing. She was on her laptop or something and I was sitting in the middle of the bed. Again, I don't even know how it happened, but things went further than they'd ever went before. One minute she was at the bottom of the bed talking to me while she did something on her laptop or tablet. I forget which and then the next I was trapped as she got on top of me. 
There's so much to be said here, but I can't bring myself to say it. She sexually assaulted me, and she enjoyed what she did, and it made me want to cry to see that, to know that. She eventually stopped, but it felt like it went on forever. I didn't even move afterwards. I just kept staring at the object that I zoned in on when it was happening. When it was over, she got up really fast as if I was a snake, and I just felt empty and confused. I felt completely broken and betrayed. I couldn't comprehend what she just did to me. I remember that I wouldn't speak to her. I just stayed in the same position because I was frozen. She told me to leave, and I somehow got myself up and out the door. When I walked home, I felt like I was in a daze. Even thinking back, I see it through someone else's eyes and not my own. I lay in my bed that night and stared at the light coming in through my curtains, which is something I hate. But I felt so horrible that I couldn't bring myself to shut them properly. I just laid there and tried telling myself it was fine and that I wanted it to happen. But I knew I hadn't, and nothing about it was fine. I remember bundling everything I'd worn that day, even my socks, up into a ball and then throwing them into a trash bag. I never wanted to see those clothes ever again. I didn't shed any tears. I went straight into denial and numbness. After this, things were different. I think she was paranoid I'd tell someone. But once she realized I wouldn't, she resumed being her old self for the most part. She didn't grope me as much, but she was still horrible to me. I stayed in contact with her. When I told someone close to me years later about what had happened, they actually asked me why I did that. I told them I didn't know what else to do, and I was in such denial that I thought it would be easier to pretend that nothing had happened. When school finished for summer, I remember blocking Val on social media and blocking her phone number as well. I felt so angry, I couldn't stand to be anywhere near her. I reached a point where I was sick of pretending that nothing had happened, and I felt like I was constantly on fire with the rage and pain I felt. She was apparently confused, but she should have known. I remember she would come to my house and just stare at it from across the street. My parents never saw her do this, but I did, three times in fact. When school began again, she'd stand really close to me when no one else was around and try to grope me. We had a class together, and she'd rub my thigh under the table. One time we had this stupid lesson on the dangers of drugs, and we had to wear beer goggles to put us off drinking. I remember she put them on and literally came up behind me and groped me when no one was looking. I remember I had to go to the bathroom because I was literally hyperventilating afterwards. When two years had passed, I was desperately needing to talk to someone. It was the hardest call I've ever made, still to this day. I called a helpline and I ended up wishing that I hadn't. A woman answered the phone, and it took a while for me to say what I wanted. She started off so kind and warm, telling me to take all the time I needed, and that she was there to help and would believe me. But as soon as I said something, I felt her hesitation and discomfort, and I felt my stomach start sinking. She asked me if Val had really done what she did, which immediately made me feel like she didn't believe me. I'd literally just told her about the bedroom assault, and her first response is, Did she do that? It felt like a shitty thing to say, 
and I had a bad feeling growing in my gut. I said yes, that she really had done what she did, and the woman was silent for too long, then saying, Experimentation is pretty normal between two girls. It doesn't mean you're gay. I was shocked, and I didn't know what to say to that. I just opened up and shared something so vulnerable, so difficult and painful. And this is her response? It was her job to talk to victims of sexual abuse, and this is how she was going to respond to me? She went on to give me this big speech about how it sounded like harmless experimentation. And when she said that, I immediately hung up. I felt so hurt. What happened did not feel harmless, and I feel like any sane person would agree. Also, her bringing up sexual orientation really annoyed me, because I didn't say anything about that, so why would she even bring that up? Plus, it's not normal to touch your friends sexually or grope them. I couldn't believe this lady was being so insensitive. At the same time, though, her reaction made me wonder if I was being ridiculous for being so bothered by what happened. I told myself again maybe it wasn't so bad, and maybe it really was okay and I just needed to get over it. It took me until I was in my 20s to even have a proper cry about what happened, just because I pushed it down so much. It was only when I told my best friend and one close family member that I could truly begin to deal with what happened. They both told me that it was wrong, and that what she'd done was sexual assault, and that the lady from the helpline was an idiot who had no business being in her line of work. It feels really scary to put this out there. But the reason I'm sharing it is because if there are any other women out there who've had a similar experience, I want them to know they aren't alone. People might not understand, but abusers can abuse as teenagers, and females can be abusive to other females. And if another girl ever makes you feel uncomfortable, please don't ignore that. I knew girls could be abusive to boys when I was younger, but as dumb as it sounds, I didn't expect another girl to be abusive to me. It just isn't something society talks about. It's not your fault, and it isn't okay for someone to touch you without consent, regardless of who they are or their gender. And if someone dismisses you when you speak out, please don't lock the pain inside. Try again to speak up. The world is scary, but you aren't alone. Stay safe, everyone. And remember, it's not ever your fault if something happens. Hey everyone, that's about it for today's stories. If you have your own story that you would like to send, you can send it in at southerncannibal.com or you can email it at southerncannibalstories at gmail.com. I look forward to telling your story. Have a good night or good day everyone. And remember, to always.